Luke chapter 19 today. I want you to look with me in one verse. One very simple verse uh, that we all should know. Look in verse 10. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. And the Bible says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You can be saved today. Lord, we sure do love you. Uh, we thank you for the song this morning, for the choir singing, for the special singing. Uh, Lord, we thank you that uh, we don't have to worry about yesterday, today, or tomorrow uh, because you've got it in your hand. And uh, we thank you for that. Uh, that, Lord, we can lean on you and look to you. And, Lord, I know there's folks sitting in this church today that no doubt have needs. And, <coughs> Lord, they're burdened today. And Lord, there's some that just don't know what to do. And I pray that you would help them uh, and that to get clarity and direction. There's some folk might need peace and maybe they are worried about some things. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would help them to cast all their care upon you for you care for them. And Lord, we sure do love you and thank you for caring for us. I pray that if there's one here lost, that you'd save them, bring them to a place of repentance that they might trust you. And Lord, we do thank you for saving grace. Help the one that has a need. Now touch us and anoint us afresh. And Lord, we'll give you the glory. And Lord, I pray we'd hear from heaven today. And we thank you for your mercy and grace. Help us now. Save that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. As we look in Luke chapter 19, uh, the the, the prior uh, verses of this, Brother Mitchell preached on just a few Wednesday nights ago. and that on Zacchaeus. And we get to the very end of the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, and after he talks about how that salvation had come and that to Zacchaeus' house, uh, we find probably one of the greatest verses uh, in the Bible. Uh, it tells us exactly why Jesus came. Uh, he said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save uh, that which was lost. Now you find in these verses right here two very important things. Uh, uh, You find a son of man uh, uh, that came to seek uh, uh, the lost. Jesus in his humanity, uh, as it talks about him being the son of man, uh, he came to seek uh, and that sinners. Now I'm glad that he sought me out uh, uh, and then he saved me. Uh, Every one of us that are saved today, Christ had to seek you out. Amen. Uh, uh, We sing an old song about how that he sought me uh, uh, and then he bought me. Uh, uh, Thank God for that. Uh, uh, But ain't you glad that Jesus found you uh, uh, when he did? Uh, uh, That's why you could sing that song uh, uh, that Miss Madison sung this morning uh, that I don't have to worry about tomorrow uh, uh, because I know him. And he knows me. First Peter 5 and 7 said, Cash and all you care upon him, for he careth for you. Hey, if you know Jesus Christ, the Savior of this world, you and I do not have to worry. Thank God this morning you can put your faith and your hope and your trust in him. Thank God for that. But boy, I'm glad today that he's a seeking Savior. Uh, but he's one that'll save the lost uh, uh, that'll come to him Uh, but notice what it said uh, that he came
came to save that which was lost. I began to consider back at the first part of this week about salvation and being saved and how Jesus saves. We sing that old song out of the Redback book sometimes. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I played on the radio. It's on the radio broadcast. As a matter of fact, out of Sweetwater this morning, that old song. But do you ever give consideration to how Jesus saves? Not why He saves. He saves because of mercy and grace and love. Uh, there's no other thing than you uh, can't do anything to be saved. Did you know that? Amen. I, I, I'm glad this morning that I didn't have a hand uh, in being saved. Because if I did, uh, I could be lost again. Uh, uh, but you know what? I ain't even doing anything to keep my salvation. Uh, I'm kept in Him. I mean, the Bible said, uh, uh, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed uh, unto the day uh, uh, of redemption. Uh, uh, he's keeping me, uh, and I'm in Him. Now look at that uh, uh, here in a minute. Uh, uh, but you say, well, how? Uh, uh, does he say? Well, you say he saves uh, by his blood, and he does. Amen. Uh, Revelations 1 and 5 unto him that loves us uh, and washed us from our sins uh, in his own blood. The shed blood at Calvary uh, uh, is what saved uh, uh, me and you. Have you ever been washed uh, uh, in the blood? And then we sing so many songs uh, uh, about the blood. Uh, uh, what can wash away my sins? Nothing uh, uh, but the blood of Jesus. Uh, how does he save? He saves uh, and that by his blood. Uh, uh, how does he saved. He saved in the simple fact uh, that because we're plunged uh, and that under the blood he has forgiven us uh, of our sin. Colossians 1 uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood uh, even the forgiveness of sins. Uh, I'm glad when I got plunged uh, underneath the blood and washed uh, and made white my sins uh, were washed away. Amen. Hey, it's no longer to be held uh, and that against me. That ought to joy uh, uh, us on the inside. Uh, I, I know what that's like uh, uh, to have my sins forgiven uh, and washed away. I hope you do too. Hey, I'm going to tell you what a great day it was uh, uh, when the preacher uh, uh, learned one day uh, uh, that my past sins were forgiven, uh, my present sins were forgiven, uh, and my future sins uh, were all forgiven in Christ Jesus the Lord uh, at Calvary. Uh, and all I had to do was trust him. Amen. Amen. He became sin for us. How does he forgive? How did he save us? He became sin for us. What was it? St. Corinthians 5.21. Most of my favorite verses. I got a lot of favorite verses and you should too. St. Corinthians 5.21. Uh, what, what was it? He said over there, for he made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He, he, he saved us because he took our place. At Calvary. And by His power. Mark chapter 2 said, The Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. So He forgives by the blood. He forgives by His power. He forgives and saves by the simple fact that He took our place. But that ain't what I want to talk about. How does Jesus save? How does He save? First of all, number one, can I say that when the Bible said that for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, number one, Jesus saves faithfully. What do you mean He saves faithfully? John chapter 6 said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. 
I believe, friend, that whosoever comes to the Lord Jesus Christ, he will save. I don't believe that there's ever been one that Jesus looked at when they come to get saved and he turned away. Ain't you glad the night or the day that you got saved that you come wanting to get saved, needing to get saved, and Jesus stood there with open arms and said, Come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Uh, ain't you glad today that He took you in the way that you were? I, I didn't have to come any other way. I didn't have to clean yourself up. didn't have to make yourself better. I, I, for any you didn't have to do anything. I, I, but just come realizing that you were lost uh, and needed a Savior. He is faithful uh, uh, to save. I, I listen to all that come to Him. I, I, he'll never I, I turn away. As I studied about this and looked at this, and we'll look at them a little further on in the message. I, I, but you know what I thought about Legion? I, it was Legion that come in Mark 5. I, I come running to Jesus, and Jesus I, I saved Him in the shape that He was in. Legion was full of the devil. I, I, Legion was eat up I, I, with the world and with Satan. I, I, and Jesus didn't tell him to go get better. I, and then come and see him. Jesus fixed him I, in the shape that he was in. He was faithful yes. to do that. Any sinner that comes, Jesus will say. You go on a little further in the chapter, in Mark chapter 5, and you find the woman that has the issue of blood. Uh, and Jesus didn't turn her away uh, and say, go get well and then come and see me. Uh, he fixed her in the shape that she was in. He was faithful. Uh, uh, listen, she said, if I may but touch the hem uh, uh, of his garment, uh, if I might just touch him uh, uh, and just get his, uh, just, just right there uh, and touch him, I say, she said, I know uh, I shall be made whole. You know what some people need to do? They just need to come to Christ. They just need to come to Christ. He'll make some things different in your life when you come to Christ. You go on a little further in Mark chapter 5 to the end of the chapter and you know, and I'm talking about him being faithful to save and you know what you find at the end of that chapter? You find a man by the name of Jairus who had come to Jesus while that woman that had that issue of blood was coming to him at the same time. And that woman had the issue of blood. Uh, uh, she's on her way. And Jairus is already talking to the Lord. Uh, and said, my little daughter lieth uh, at the door of death over here basically. And he said, can you come uh, and heal her? And he said, I'll go. And I've often thought, he's went to get Jesus and Jesus was faithful to go. Can I park here for just a second and say, ain't you glad that Jesus has always been faithful to hear your prayer? and to answer your prayer, and to come by and hear you in your deepest and your darkest problems, and in the recess of your heart, you just struggle with things. I mean, it's just like, it's just like you can't get through. Hey, there's been times I know that I struggle and get through to heaven. But he sure didn't struggle to help me. And so here comes Jairus. <coughs> I'm talking about the Lord being faithful. But he does it faithfully. And so here comes Jairus. He said, Lord, would you go to my house and heal my daughter? He said, I'll go. And so as he's going on the way there, Jairus is leading the way. And I can imagine how happy uh, Jairus is. And boy, the relief that is in his heart and in his mind. Jesus is on the way to heal my daughter. 
Then here comes this woman of issue of blood that slips up and just touches him on the hem of his garment. And Jesus stops. And he said, who touched me? And the disciples looked around. The Bible tells us that there was a multitude thronging him and touching him. And, uh, and they said, you want to know who touched you with all these people that are touching you? And he said, I perceive uh, that virtue went out of me. He knew something happened. And he turned around and he looked at her that it happened to. And he said, and, and she told everything. He said, daughter, uh, go in peace thy faith hath made thee whole. And so in the process of this time, there's a message I preach on that sometimes when it seems like the Lord has delayed past the time of help. And so now Jairus' daughter, in the process of this short amount of time, as Jesus is still headed toward Jairus, they come and tell Jairus, said, don't bother the master any further. Thy daughter is dead. And so Jesus just gets as soon as he hears that. Uh, uh, Jesus turns and looks at Jairus uh, uh, and tells him just only believe. Fear not, only believe. So you know what Jesus was faithful to go do? He was faithful to raise her from the dead. Anybody that's ever come to him and wanted to get saved, Jesus has always been faithful to do that. That's something I had to learn a long time ago. That the night that I come to get saved, uh, listen, and I mean the devil will play tricks with you and he'll bother you and, uh, and preachers will preach bad doctrine sometimes and get folk confused. Sometimes we don't do folk help. We hinder them more than we help them by the way we're preaching. And uh, we say things that sound good, uh, but really it's not doctrinally right. Uh, uh, it's just not Bible. Because I can tell you, if you come to get saved uh, and you ask Him from your heart to save you, uh, by faith, He done His part. And some people need to grab a hold of that and grasp that and understand that. And thank God it really don't matter how much you mess up after that. You shouldn't want to mess up. You shouldn't strive to mess up. As a matter of fact, we should strive to be perfect, but I'll do with that here in a minute. But He's faithful to save whosoever. The Bible said in Romans chapter 10 that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You skip down there a couple more verses and it says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's faithful to save. How does he save? He saves faithfully. That's how he saves. I mean, His own name uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, uh, we seen Wednesday night is faithful and true. Can I tell you that when He calls and we move on our part, you know, that's why the Bible said to what seek you the Lord why He may be found and call upon Him while He's near. You know, when God's knocking on your heart, that's the time to move. When God deals with your heart. He saves faithfully. How does He save? He saves faithfully. Number two, He saves immediately. I didn't have to come back for a second working of grace. I didn't have to get baptized. So we got some baptisms coming up, but I, oh, I didn't have to get baptized. I, I didn't have to do anything else I, I, except come and get saved. 
2 Corinthians chapter 6 said, For he saith, I have heard of thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, you know what that means? Drawed you, went to help you, and drawed you, and undergirded you. He said, Behold, now, now, you know, now, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know, when you got saved and I got saved, it was now. Now. Not later, but now. Not tomorrow, but now. Did you know that, that, that 10 seconds from now, it'll be now? Right? Now. You know what that means? In the present. 30 seconds from now, it'll be now. And you know what? You were saved 30 seconds ago and you're saved now. You were saved immediately. You did not have to do anything to get saved other than come and ask. Just like that. He said, that's, that's a big deal to me. Uh, because listen, uh, uh, there's nothing. Once you got saved, uh, uh, you were saved. Uh, uh, just like Legion was immediately, uh, the devils were cast out of him. The woman that had an issue of blood, uh, uh, it was gone. And when Jesus reached down and touched Jairus' daughter, she was immediately brought from the dead. You were saved immediately. You were saved then which was now, and you're saved now. You say, what's the great big deal about that, to be saved immediately? Well, once I got saved, and I was saved immediately, and there was no kind of work that had to be done, well, you're talking about assurance. I mean, if I was saved immediately, and I'm kept, uh, in the now. I mean, I'm, I'm justified. What was it? Romans 5 said that God committed His love toward us and while we yet sinners, Christ died for us much more than being now, N-O-W, being, being now justified by His blood. It's now. We were immediately saved the day or the night that we got saved. How does He save? He saves immediately. He does not tell you to come back later you say all this, oh, by the way, this is a simple message. If you don't understand that, this is like eating cornbread and milk, if you don't know the truth. Some of y'all don't think that's gross, but that's awful good, man. I like cornbread and milk. Put me some white beans. Let's go on. I'm going to be hungry before I get out of here. Immediately. Don't have to wait, don't have to wonder, and don't have to worry. He immediately saved you. You know, if you're lost in here today and you come to get saved, when you cry out to the Lord and believe in your heart, He will immediately save you. Will immediately do that. I'm glad the Lord works that way. You know, one of the struggles that I had, I can remember thinking back. One of the struggles that I had is, yes, we're immediately saved, but we're not immediately mature in Christ. And then I, I remember dealing with some things in, in my life and, and, and looking back. I'm going to tell you, sometimes it's good to look back. Sometimes it ain't so good to look back. I just don't want to remember some of those things. It's almost like opening them, well, it's almost like an opening a door that you wish you hadn't never opened. 
And sometimes I look back and I'm, I'm like, Lord, how, how could I do this? I should have known better than that. And I, I remember one day, it, it really had almost had me beat down. And I, I was thinking about some things that, Lord, if, if, if I would have really been served you, if I'd really been saved, I, I wouldn't have done these things over. Why did I do them? And man, it, it is almost like heaven just hit me on top of the head. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. And he just simply, and I, I can't explain it to you if you ain't never had that happen to you. But I mean, it's just like scripture come to my mind right then. And he said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And it's almost as heaven said you had to grow. You had to read and you had to study and you had to grow on some things to understand some things. Now, I'm glad the Holy Spirit resides in us. And, and He'll woe us up when we get headed in the wrong direction. I'm, I'm glad of that. But there's sometimes that, yes, we're immediately saved, but you're not, you're not, it's just like having a child that's birthed into this world. They're immediately birthed into this world. They're here when they're here. They're here. But they're not grown. And so you have to grow in the Lord. I had to grow in the Lord. How does He save? He saves faithfully. He saves immediately, but then He saves perfectly. It's perfect salvation. It makes you perfect. When I, when I got saved, and I didn't realize this at the time, but I got made perfect in the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he's, he's a perfect Savior. I mean, you say, how? I, I mean, He's perfect in the fact that He never knew no sin. For He made Him be sin for us. He knew no sin. That we might be made the righteous of God in Him. First Peter 2 and 22. Uh, what did He say? Who did no sin neither uh, was any guile found in His mouth. He's perfect. <coughs> you remember in the Old Testament when, uh, when, when they uh, brought a sacrifice, I, I mean, it had to be without spot and without blemish. 1 Peter chapter 1, when it talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, it said, For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Jesus is perfect. He not only was perfect, but He is perfect. So you know what a perfect Savior brings? It brings a perfect salvation. He perfected us. I, listen, can I, can I put it to you this way? Uh, when, when God sees us, He sees Jesus. Uh, and guess what Jesus is? Jesus is perfect. I'm made perfect in Christ Jesus. Are you saying you ain't never? I'm telling you, I'm made perfect in Christ Jesus. My soul has been sealed. I, I, my soul has been taken care of. I, I'm saved and I'm made perfect in Christ Jesus. <coughs> Colossians 1, the Apostle Paul said, Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. It's in Him that we're perfect. Can I tell you today that your, your soul got saved, but your flesh did not? Now some people think their flesh got saved. And that's where they struggle at. When you realize that your flesh is not saved and you realize that, hey, I've got control over my flesh and, hey, he said to put off the old man in the book of Ephesians and put on the new man. I'm telling you, church, 
If, if there was ever any verses that the preacher struggled with for a long time when I was younger, it was those verses. Where he talks about to put off and to put on. Because I, I, I always, you, you get it drilled in your head that, you know, when you got saved, you got changed. Well, you did get changed. But your flesh did not get saved. And it's up to you under God's power. I mean, what was it? Uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, 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 unto Him that can do exceedingly uh, and abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that what? Worketh in us. See, there's power in us uh, to help us uh, to do what we need to do. And so, He saves perfectly. It was a perfect salvation. See, whatever anybody else offers will not be perfect. But it's a perfect salvation. Take your Bible and go to the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Go to Hebrews 10. Look with me. Hebrews chapter 10 talks about the sacrifice that He made. I'm still talking about a perfect Savior. For the law having a shadow, verse 1, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged that should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sin. So what they done in the Old Testament uh, under the law could never take away sin forever. God God just covered their sin in the blood of that sacrifice. That's what He done. He just put it off from year to year. He just covered it in the blood. See, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is they covered it in the blood. Christ Jesus washed ours away in the blood unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. Verse 5. Wherefore, when He cometh unto the world, He saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body thou hast prepared me. Boy, did He not come in humanity for the Son of Man He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He had a body, didn't he? In burnt offerings and sacrifice for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above, when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offering and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither has pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Watch this right here. Once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, what man? Jesus. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstools. For by one offering he hath what? Perfected forever them that are sanctified. In Christ Jesus, 
we got made perfect because of a perfect salvation that was brought to us. How does he say perfectly? Cannot lose my salvation. I cannot mess it up. It is perfect in Christ Jesus. Now we're to strive toward perfection. Yet you ever, yet you ever heard people say, well, I, I, I know I messed up right there. And, and listen, let, let, let me see how I can get this. We should never plan to mess up. I, I think there are people that plans to mess up. I know I'm saved, and so if I mess it up, it, 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 it'll be all right. I can get forgiveness. Now, uh, all those things are true, but I'm going to be honest with you this morning. If you're saved, then you should have a desire to live for Christ. You should have a desire to strive toward perfection. What did he say in was it 2 Corinthians chapter 7? Having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We're to be doing some things. We're to be perfecting some things. That means to be completed or finished. We are to head toward perfection. You say, can you strive? I, I can strive for perfection. My flesh is probably going to do some things that it shouldn't. And my mouth is probably going to say some things that it shouldn't. But, but listen, I'm struggling. I'm working uh, on Omar. I'm still working on him. You remember what I told you sometime ago? I want you to listen to me. Listen to me. You're going to miss it. I can remember being a young preacher and a young Christian that I would look at older people that had been in it for a while and I would think, man, it, they've got it figured out and it gets easier as it goes on. And you know what I've learned? None of those things were true. Now, he grows more sweeter as the day goes on. He does. I mean, because you find out that he is true. You find out that he is faithful. And man, that's a wonderful thing to know. But the battle is still real. It's as real as it was when I was 21 years old as it is as I am right now fixing to turn 48. This is real. As a matter of fact, the battle's probably worse now than it was then. But there is something I did learn along the way. He will help me fight. And He will give me strength. And He'll give me courage. And He'll give me peace in the middle of it all. When the sun does not shine. One of the greatest verses... And I got a lot of great verses too. Psalm 17 and 3, For thou hast visited me in the night time. Man, when it gets night time, and it seems like he don't shine, ain't you glad that he does slip by and visit with us sometimes? Squeeze on your heart and let you know that he's there. He saves perfectly. It's a perfect salvation. It is a complete salvation. That's what perfect means. It means to be complete. There's nothing else you need you go to the book of Galatians chapter 3 and Paul is dealing with, with a church that Judaizers have slipped in and trying to bring them back under the law. And he said, Oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? For whose, whose eyes, for, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are ye so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are ye now made perfect by the flesh? You know what he said? He said, you got saved right 
Why, why, why are you now striving uh, to keep yourself and that by the works of the law? That's what he was asking. He said, you started out with the spirit of uh, 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 faith, the hearing of faith, but now you're trying to do it in the spirit of the works of the law. Can I tell you something this morning? That even though if we mess it up, listen to me, if you mess it up, I'm glad there is grace and there is mercy. And Jesus, just you fix it up with Him. You go to Him. You fix it. You, you get sorry and you repent. You get forgiveness and you move on. Because you know what He'll do? He'll fix it. That's the great thing. And the last one, number four. How does He save? He saves... He saves faithfully. He saves immediately. He saves completely. You're completely saved. Man, that means finished and worked up. Perfectly. There's a lot more on that, but number four, He saves eternally. John chapter 3 said, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Christ died once. He rose once. He saved once. Take your Bible and look in Romans chapter 6. I'll just go there. You ain't got to go. If you want to, that's fine, but I'm going to read it when I get there. Romans chapter 6. I got to talk about that cornbread pinto bean. Some of you got ready to go eat. Romans 6. I hear pages turning. I'll wait on you. Romans 6 and verse 8. Well, let's just back up. Look in verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, and death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died once uh, unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 John 5 put it like this. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and that he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know what? That you may know that you have what? Eternal life. And that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. When you got saved, you got saved perfectly. You got saved immediately because Jesus come right then and would not turn you away. He saves faithfully. And you got saved eternally. You cannot lose your salvation. It's impossible. I cannot be unsaved. 
John chapter 10 said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You're eternally saved. I mean, that's how he saves. Eternally. Now you may struggle with that. You may wonder about that. But I just believe the Bible. I believe that he died once. I believe that he rose once. I believe that he birthed a thing to his family once. Once. I mean, if you, if you could be saved uh, today and lost tomorrow and saved the next day, then that means you had to be birthed into the family, uh, then dead again, and then birthed into the family again. It just don't work that way. Let us hold fast our profession of faith without wavering. For He is faithful that promised. What did He promise? He promised that if you came, He would save you. And that He would keep you. That's why I can hold on to my profession of faith. Because he's faithful. That's why I don't have to worry. Because he's faithful. For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I believe my salvation is eternal. Let me say this now. If you never got saved, then you don't have eternal salvation. I've got a message I preach sometimes. The title of it is The Heresy of Eternal Security. Now you talk about preaching that in a Baptist church, you'll get some looks on that. The problem with, with eternal security is we've taught our children that from the time that they, could, that they could hear, from the time that we're saved and that we're always saved, but you've got to get them saved first. I do believe in eternal security. For the believer, once you're saved, you're saved. How does he save? He saves faithfully. He saves immediately. He saves perfectly. He didn't miss one part of you. He's got you. Got all of you. And he saves eternally. Hebrews chapter 9, he said, But Christ being come as a high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained, guess what? Eternal redemption for us. Jesus went into the holy place one time, put His blood on the mercy seat of God, God said, that's good enough, according to Isaiah 53. As a matter of fact, He said, that's more than good enough. And he said, that obtained eternal redemption for me and you. That word eternal means forever. Let's bow our heads this morning. Brother Marvin, you come to the piano. Brother Jeff, let's get a verse. Now maybe, maybe you've never been saved. Then you don't know what I'm talking about. You don't, you don't understand what I'm talking about. I want you to know something for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And that's you this morning if you've never trusted Christ. <coughs> I want you to go back through the 
through your heart. And did you ever trust Christ? Did you ever accept Him? Did you ever come to a place where you put your faith and you cried out from your heart and asked Him to save you? I can go back to that very fateful night when I was a 14-year-old teenager and God had dealt with my heart about being saved and I moved and went and asked Him to save me. I said a few weeks ago I was very ignorant when it came to salvation. Even though I was raised in a Baptist church, I was still very ignorant. Not, not because they didn't try to teach us. I was just, just very ignorant. But I didn't know enough to know that I needed to get saved. And I knew that if I went and asked Him to save me, I knew He would do that. I knew that much. I knew that I needed to cry out. Go ahead and start playing by Martin if y'all got you saved. So if you need to come and get saved, I would ask you to slip out of that pew this morning where you are. Well, I'll meet you right down here with the Bible and we'll show you what the Bible says about salvation, what it means to be saved and how to get saved. You can get saved. But today, maybe you've been struggling with some things and uh, maybe about your salvation or your life in Christ. When you came he, and you trusted Him, He was faithful to accept you in the shape that you were in and clean you up and save you. He saved you right then. You didn't have to come for nothing else. He gave you all that you needed. And He made us perfect in Him. Even though we mess it up along the way, He made us perfect in Him. And we're secure in Him for all eternity. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help during this invitation. Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to get saved, I pray they'd move. I, Lord, if there's somebody that just needs to come and draw close, maybe they're struggling, maybe they have a need that I've not even preached on or preached about, I pray they'd come and just let You have it. Not be worrying about tomorrow or the next day, but to know that we're eternally secure in You and made perfect in You. Thank You, Lord, for the promise of Your Word. For that's what we're trusting today is what You've told us. And we thank You for that. Would You help in this invitation? Save somebody's lives. Amen. Amen.